on this bonus Friday episode of Locked On Texans, day one of training camp as the Houston Texans prepare for the 2022 NFL campaign. I'm in Cabo, but the grind don't stop. Cody, let's go! You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a bonus edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm John Hickman. This is Cody Davis. He was at training camp. I'm in Cabo right now, <laughs> selling my honeymoon. But it is the very first day of training camp, the Houston Texans. Everybody, all 90 players are out on the field at the NRG Stadium. Cody had an opportunity to not only be involved in that heat, but see some great things, whether that be from rookie running back <laughs> Damian, Damian Pierce, Pierce. <laughs> or safety Jalen Petrie. A lot to digest day one. However, we are just super excited to be with you guys. And so, Cody, let's talk about day one of training camp. What was the mood? What was the tone? Did anybody feel differently from last year? What's going on? John, listeners and viewers, day one of training camp, we're going to get into the football side of things because I really want to talk about this backfield. I really want to talk about the safety core. But before we get into all that, I really do believe that it's very important to talk about how different everything regarding this franchise feels. Brandon K. Scott and myself, we talked about it a little bit early on today. Please be sure to check out the early installment of Locked On Texans. But you really cannot get a true feeling of how new everything feel around this franchise until you get around it, John listeners and viewers. And when I tell you the overall atmosphere, the overall vibe surrounding this organization, now once again, this is still an organization that is still in the early stages of a rebuild. However, it just feels so good to get back to NRG Stadium and for the first time since I've been around this team every damn day, it's just a sense of normalcy. There's no side circus going on. There's no talks about whether or not the franchise quarterback is going to play. Will he show up? When he shows up, he's playing scout safety. There's no talks about this veteran wide receiver got traded for pennies on the dollar. It, it was none of that going on for the very first time. There was just talks about football surrounding this organization. And ladies and gentlemen, don't take my word for it. Early on in the day, I had an opportunity to talk to Brandon Cooks, and I asked him straight up, since you got here in March of 2020, this organization has been in a transition, and just listen to what he had to say. No doubt. It, feel, it, feels, it, it feels like we just up to something, you know what I mean? A lot of respect. Coach, you know, uh, you know, Coach Love, he's just doing his thing, and just the buy-in that we have. Uh, it's great to see, and anytime you got that, you you got a chance. And so we've been seeing that from the spring and until now. Once again, this is not an organization that is going to win the Super Bowl this year. We don't even believe that this is an organization that's going to be comp competing for the playoffs. However, John and listeners and viewers, the one thing that you could take away from what Brandon Cooks had to say 
it feels like that this organization is up to something. Later on, I also had an opportunity to ask Brandon Cooks, you know, what drove him to re-signing with this franchise? And he said he believes in this organization. He believes in Nick Casario, and he wants yeah. to be a part of it. Yeah, you know what? It's one of those – it's a situation where in order to see the difference, you have to be the difference. Mm-hmm. And Brandon Cooks has been a part of, you know, if not number one – number one eight guy leading the charge and just kind of being the difference in order to spark the change so everybody on the outside looking in can see the difference. Shout out to Brandon Cook. Shout out to Nick Asirio. Those two, I think their respect and their relationship has grown tremendously from their days in New England. However, we're not here to talk about just one player. Mm-hmm. We're not here to talk about just one guy. We are here to talk about day one of – training camp and Cody where were some of your most important takeaways for the offense the interior offensive line John listeners and viewers Justin Britt wasn't out there but he was out there but he wasn't participating he he's still recovering from an injury however that interior offensive line that I saw the lineup that they had with um AJ McCann it did not look good I know you're going to get to the several moments where they didn't look good but I think it's important to know, was Kenyon Green out there running running with the number ones or was they utilizing Max Sharpen, the four-year man who his career hasn't started off, you know, favorably? Was he out there starting at left guard with A.J. Cannon at right guard? What was going on with the interior offensive line? Like I mentioned, the offensive line did not look great. There were several times where they did give up a pass rush. I think I counted two um, sacks going to davis mills but what i would say is this kenyon green was not running with the ones he was running with the two however john you probably gonna love this every time that he was out there running with the two they 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 ran him with a stunt and i kind of like that because it kept the defense on their toes a lot so that's something i'm pretty sure pep hamilton is working on maybe throughout the rest of the training camp we'll see what they're going to do with that interior offensive line like i mentioned it was the very first day i don't want to overreact because at the end of the day we all know how important justin Britt is to that interior offensive line he was not out there once again due to an injury at some point he's going to be back but keon green getting a lot of his reps with that second team as for Matt Sharpen, Matt Sharpen did look better than the last time we saw him. I think he could be on the verge of a breakout season. But, John, you know he is one of those veteran players that's basically on a bubble to make this 53-man roster. When we come back on the other side, we're going to talk about the main takeaways. However, BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. Head to Bet Online today and use your mobile device to learn more about the action and trends happening because Bet Online is where the game starts welcome back locked on texans listeners and viewers out there whether you are tuning in on youtube or checking us out on your favorite podcasting platform i'm john hickman this is cody davis i'm in cabo cody and and, and i wish (laughs) i could just kind of 
show you guys the the beauty of Mexico right now. And um, a lot of drinks, a lot of fun, a lot of great times, but there's no way I was going to miss the first day of training camp, Cody, connecting with you and, and not only you, but the Locked On Texans listeners and viewers out there. The three takeaways from the first day of training camp, was it the running backfield? Was it the chemistry with the wide receiver group? Was it the fact that, uh, against what I've said, Jalen Petrie hmm. running with some of the one on like the one, the one group? What's going on day one, and what are your three main takeaways? I want to start off by this, and John, this is something that you and I talked about early on in the week. How are the Houston Texans are going to use the fullback? We talked about it. Lovey Smith said he wanted to utilize that fullback, and I'm not sure if this is something that they're going to dive into more so because of everything that's going on with John Mechie. However, everyone wanted to know how are what, what are the Texans going to do for that slot receiver position? The one, the first takeaway that I did notice was the fact that when Paul Quisenberry was out there as a fullback, the Texans did utilize both Brevin Jordan and Pharaoh Brown as a slot receiver, more so Brevin Jordan, and both of those guys had a damn good day. And, John, I know, once again, I don't want to overreact first day of training camp, but the race between who's going to take the ham as the starting tight end is still neck and neck. Like I mentioned, both of those guys had a very good day, and as we talked about a couple weeks ago, Pharaoh Brown said he wanted to be an all-pro tight end, and, you know, I'm not going to say he's on the trajectory, but if he continues to look as good as he did today, I think it might be just a little bit realistic, but both of those guys did look good. And I'm going to stay on the offensive side of the ball. The backfield, the running game looked so good, and, John, you're going to love this. Marlon Mack. I'm really going to love it. Marlon Mack, Damian Pierce, they don't do all that dancing and, and playing hopscotching, jumping around it. like when we I used to it. see, um, like when like we used to see Scotty Phillips and David Johnson. No, they get the rock and they run straight. Whatever, whatever gap, whatever hole that the offensive line is is able to create, they're running right up the middle. Both of those guys had several plays where they ran up the middle and picked up some really good yards however john listeners and viewers the one thing that kind of irked me a little bit was the fact that rex burkhead was still getting some team one reps there was split between him mac and pierce i'm pretty sure that's going to change the deeper we get into training camp however it seems like they're going to run a running back by committee as of right now but all i can tell you is Marlon Mack, Damian Pierce, when they got the ball in, in their hands, they're going to they're gonna help move the chains for real. And that's a good thing. When I look at the Houston Texans, one thing that I love that you mentioned was the fact that Brevin Jordan and Pharaoh Brown was being utilized in the slot position. Mm-hmm. Now, when John Metchie went down, we immediately looked at how Houston can make up for what, they, what we expected here at the Lockdown Texans for this offense to look like with John Mechie in it. And a couple of things that I said was, well, we're going to have to look at the running back position and we're going to have to expect them to do more, which is okay. You can pay millions of dollars. More is not a problem. We want to see you catch the ball out of the, out of the backfield and be effective. But then we also looked at Brevin Jordan and the 
high possibility of not only Brevin Jordan, but the tight end group, Farrell Brown, being utilized in that passing, you know, those passing downs where you may have three tight ends on the field. You may have four tight ends on the field. I mean, uh, wide receivers on the field, excuse me. So now when you're telling me that what we've already kind of alluded to was the tight end group, I believe, is for Farrell Brown, not Farrell Brown, for Brevin Jordan to lose. However, the competition mm. between the two is there. It isn't like Brevin Jordan is going into year three and he had a solid, you know, sophomore year. This is his sophomore year. This is year one. And for Brevin Jordan, it's extremely important to kind of create that separation between uh, Jordan and Pharaoh Brown. We're going to talk about Derek Sinley before we get out of here. But the run game, I think, is very important. However, Cody, 16 of 20, roughly, for Davis Mills on the day. Davis Mills had a very efficient day. Davis Mills and Brandon Cooks, you know what they look like? Dale and Brandon <laughs> from Step Brothers when they had a good opportunity. Whenever they had the good thing going. And did they become best friends? Yep. That is what <laughs> Davis Mills and Brandon Cooks look like day one. Uh, this this is a, a chemistry. This is a, a relationship between the two uh, that I think can be very important, not only for Brandon Cooks and his career and his numbers, but if Davis Mills and Brandon Cooks has a good relationship, how was Nico Collins day one? Can you give us any information on Nico day one before we move on and talk about Derek Stingley? Nico had a solid day one from what I was able to see. You know, nothing from Nico really stood out to me. However, John, listeners and viewers, I do want to go back to the tight end because I really do believe that Davis Mills is going to utilize the tight ends a lot because there were several moments where if he could not find Nico Collins, if he could not find um, um, Devion Davis, if he could not find Brandon Cooks, he instantly was able to hit Farrell Brown or Brevin Jordan. And I think that's going to be like somewhat of a safety blanket to him. And I like that because what that shows is growth in Davis Mills because there was moments last year where he used to force the ball to Brandon because he used to try to force the right. ball to Nico Collins. He's not doing that no more. And both Farrell Brown and Jordan, both of those guys did a damn good job getting separation between them and their, and their man and they was able to get the ball. And look, there was moments where they got the ball and was able to move the change. And there was some moments where they got the ball and boom, they got stopped right there. But at the end of the day, I love the fact that Davis Mills was able to utilize his tight ends. And there was moments where I thought to myself, man, he's utilizing his tight ends maybe a little more than his wide receivers. But that was some day one takeaways on the offensive side of the ball. I do want to touch on some something really quick on defense couple days ago we talked about top storylines surrounding the safety core we talked about Eric Murray we talked about Jalen Petrie we talked about Jonathan Owens and we said that at least I did I wanted to see who was going to step up and be the number one safety following the departure of Justin Reed John listeners viewers it seems like that's going to be a safety group by committee because all three of those guys had an opportunity to play on the first team they was interchanging in and out and that caught my eye because it went back to something that you mentioned John um when we was talking about the secondary and who was going to be the starting safeties who was going to be the starting cornerbacks and you said right. that you can see this organization you know, outside of Derek Stingley, you can see this organization saying, you know what? 
How about we focus more so on the matchups, and that is going to decide who our starter for week one going to be, who our starter for week two is going to be. I don't really like that approach that much because I would like to see a little bit more consistency with this organization, but at the same time, it seems like that's where they're leaning towards, especially looking at how, how much I was able to see both Jonathan Owens, Jalen Petrie, and Eric Murray interchange between team one. Love to hear that information because I think what it does is it kind of sets the foundation of Lovey Smith is going to go out there and put all of the guys in the situations that they can succeed. And come day one, he will have a day one starter. And day one starter may not look like day four. Mm-hmm. You know, game one and game four and game five and game six, it may not look the same. The snap percentages may change. How many snaps? It's this safety playing compared to the next. But if they, if and not David Smith, if Lovey Smith knows your strengths, then he's putting you out there for a reason. However, before we move on, I like the fact that Cody, what you said, the tight end group is being utilized heavily in day one. Because what does that mean to me? Not everybody else, but to me, that means if Davis Mills isn't forcing the ball to Brandon Cooks, and by the way. Davis Mills and Brandon Cooks had a very good day chemistry-wise. He was able to find him a lot. If he's not forcing the ball to Nico Collins, there is no John Mechie on the field. You do have a Philip Dorsett, but if he's getting the ball out quickly to his tight ends, that means, to me, the fluidity of the offense is kind of picking up a little bit. We got to get out of here, but before we do, we're going to talk about the number three overall pick, Derek Stingley. You guys, I know y'all can't wait to talk about Derek Stingley on the other side of the Locked On Texas podcast. Don't go anywhere. We got a little bit more left before we get out of here for today. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen today. Now make your second listen to Locked On NFL podcast. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league training camp is back there is no break in the action catch all of your nfl news here with the locked on texans and the locked on nfl network welcome back ladies and gentlemen to this bonus installment of locked on texans of course we had to get a additional episode out today with friday being day one of training camp that the media was able to see because apparently the Houston Texans were practicing early on this week. And I don't know if somebody slipped up, but we was able to get an update about Derek Stingley Jr. And why is that important? (laughs) And why is that important? Because I believe it was Kristen Kersey, if I'm not mistaken. If not Kristen Kersey, it might have been Steven Nelson. Um, They were asked about the development of Derek Stingley and what they were able to see in Stingley. And one of them said early on in the week, they had a practice and Derek Stingley intercepted a pass. And they didn't say what quarterback threw the interception. I mean, I take it if it's team one versus team one, I guess that means Davis Mills intercepted the pass, but they didn't want to share that information. But that was important because, look, yes, we were able to see Derek Stinley today. However, 
we did not see as much Derek Stingley as I would have liked. However, you both and Nick the Casario. Rest of Houston <laughs> population. Yes, but look, Nick Casario and Lovey Smith both talked about that. Look, at the end of the day, Derek Stingley is still coming off a major injury. He has been in this ramp up period and Training camp is going to be the start of him really starting to find his niche during practice. And I just wanted, want you guys just to listen to what Lovey Smith had to say when he was asked about Derek Stinley's and his progression during training camp. Yes, I do. Week one, is the, whenever a player is coming off of a major injury, you know, this ramp up here, that's what it's for. We're going to ease them into it. But he's healthy. You see him running around. We had him doing a few plays. He's gotten some plays each day. So... He's on schedule, uh, but that's how we'll treat all of our players coming off of major injuries. That was Lovey Smith. And by the way, Lovey Smith also had to kind of say the same thing in terms of ramping up certain players that, you know, are coming off some of those major surgeries like a John Grenard, like a Kamu Rougier-Hill, like a Justin Britt, like a wide receiver in Philip Dorsett. I think it's important that Houston is giving those players an opportunity to kind of, you know, bring it on slowly. However, they're going to need to see them out there soon, no doubt about it. In terms of Derek Stingley, Houston's first game is in a couple of weeks. They take on the Saints on a Saturday, August 13th. Cody, we talked about Marlon Mack briefly earlier. You did not mention the fact that he's out there with the special teams. There's a possibility that Derek Stingley, who, when you come from LSU, and when you hmm. play DB at LSU, and when you follow the likes of a Tyron Matthew or a Patrick Peterson, some of those players that wore number seven, there's a possibility when you get to the league to play some special teams, and I think Houston may flirt with that idea of having Derek Stingley return kicks and punts. But, you know, uh, one thing about it is, it's okay to take it slow right now. Uh, I love the fact that he has endorsed not only Derek Stingley, but I think his general manager and Nick Casario and himself. He'll be ready for week one. Right? No oh, doubt yeah, about it. And uh, last thing I'll say is I love the fact that, which was was not mentioned, that Lovey Smith called Davis Mills one of the Texans' leaders, says how mm. he likes that Davis Mills has taken on greater responsibility of being a QB1 but back to Derek Stingley, um, we're, we're going to see him in full action in a little bit. And I do hope that Houston does flirt with the idea and put him out there as a return man for special teams. Yeah, and they, they started today. <laughs> as a matter of fact, and I'm glad that you mentioned the Marlon Mack situation because I remember doing mandatory minicamp. That was one of the main observations that I noticed. It was flirting with the idea of having Marlon Mack being part of the special teams unit. However, maybe I'm looking at that now. Maybe he was just a feeling because at that time, Derek Stinley was not even on the field when they was doing walkthroughs like that. They did a walkthrough doing kickoff returns. Derek Stinley was one of the DBs back there um, practicing to catch the ball <laughs> doing kickoffs. So, you know, that was very that was very exciting to see. I also want to mention I did have an opportunity to see Derek Stinley um, ramp up. I believe he's probably in the next phase of his practice because, look, he didn't do 11 on 11, but he did do 7 on 7. So baby steps. But at the end of the day, both Nick Casario and Lovey Smith mentioned 
Derrick Stanley will be ready come week one of the regular season against the Indianapolis Colts inside of NRG Stadium. And that was day one of training camp, the takeaways, the news that you guys needed to know. Again, I'm out here in Cabo, and I love you guys <laughs> a lot. I'm on my honeymoon. Uh, I don't know how many shots I've had so far, and I'm, a, I'm about to go take some more. <laughs> However, there is no way I was missing day one of training camp of the Houston, for the Houston Texans. You guys know who I am. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman. 12 all right and also do us a favor tell your friend to tell a friend to let their friends know to put some put some posts out there so we can go viral and follow <laughs> us on youtube subscribe like and comment on youtube under the name locked on texans follow us on twitter at locked on texans as well and as always i'm your host cody davis please remember to follow me on twitter at cody davis underscore 24 once again that's cody c-o-t-y-d-a-v-i-s underscore 20 Four. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. peace. Look at my wedding ring. <laughs>